Jade, welcome to the rundown. This one's pretty fun. Uh, Clay Logan Ropen. This is one of the better opens of the whole year, I think. Lone Star Arena. Um, this whole setup, pretty fresh steers, pretty strong. Uh, the open had right around 125 teams. Is that, does that sound yeah, about right? Yeah, close to that, I think. Yeah. So uh, um, it's set up where it's pick one, draw one, and then you can pick a third partner. So you get three runs. So guys like headers will get a lot of feel for it. And usually when you get three runs in an open open, it's it's going to be a little bit tougher of a rope in anyways. So let's, uh, you know, kind of give me your, what's the game plan and how you kind of get ready for jackpotting now, especially when you know it's going to be a, a bigger rope in where the runs are going to have to be pretty sharp. Uh, mainly, I just try to, you know, I'm definitely going to ride my better horses and uh, anymore, you can pretty much just plan on the rope and being kind of tough and wanting to be aggressive but not like i kind of like to start out the day not just if you get a chance to be five on the first one anymore i think you need to try to do it uh because that just seems like it sets your day up for you know you have a lot better shot because you're probably going to draw you know every kind of steer usually seems like you need to draw good if you can but uh it seems like if you're five and then you go seven it's not a big deal but if you're seven on the first one now you're set up to where you're having to try to be five, you know what I mean, at some point. So it just, you know, to me, even though it's the same times, it's a whole completely different scenario, just swapping them from five on the first one to five happen to be that later, you know? So um, the first one of the day, like me and Clay, I went out with my other two partners first round. So I'm, I'm down to one guy already. And, you know, most guys got three still. And uh, so, and, and that doesn't really change my plan is like, try to be safer and make sure I don't mess up, but it just makes it to where, you know, you got one thing to concentrate on. And I was going to almost to me, like I like them when they're in or once or twice. So it's a lot easier just to concentrate on one guy and one rope, one rope. And instead of, you know, if you get a leg with somebody good with somebody might be a little bit longer with the other guy. Now you're kind of where you're roping three different ropings in one. And it's just, to me, it's easier to stay hooked and stay on track to what you want to do. If you're just got one guy. Right, because you get you get some rhythm. Like you kind of like if you if you can get into that, I think it's like a kind of a no hesitation shot. But you kind of right. know what the steers are going to be like with a certain header and a certain run, and then other if you get behind in the rope and you're trying to press with a guy as opposed to another guy, you might be just where you want. And so yeah, I guess that does make a, a lot of sense if you you know you kind of when you get thinking about that. Um, so we'll go to this first run right here. Um, kind of take me through this one. What you kind of think? Obviously, uh, this is not the ideal pattern you want round one right yeah this steer he uh like when he first came across there i thought he was going to kind of stay straight and then when he went ahead and ducked over there he kind of did it pretty fast so i was i was a little bit farther away than i probably wanted to be but you know this arena like i knew that he couldn't really get away from me because we were already over there by the wall and so i didn't want to do the deal where i really started trying to gas it over there because all that does is make it to where when you do get there, you're kind of coming in a little bit hot, you know? So I'm, uh, I'm usually pretty comfortable being, you know, farther away from the steer anyway. So, um, I just kind of tried to stay on the same, same track I was on and, uh, just try to be there at the right time. And I ended up, I got there kind of when I wanted to get there, but, uh, you can see right there, like that steer was a little fresher and I don't know if like just the angle kind of he was going maybe is what made him do it, but he kind of took that high hop back underneath me. And uh, kind of made me have to slow my delivery down a little bit to get him caught. But I mean, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't turn out too bad, really, for what what could have happened, you know. 
All right. So <clears throat> my first thing that I, when I see this run, I think this angle shows it pretty good, but you're, Clay's heading the steer and really you haven't even picked your rope up, you know? And, and so when that's kind of like when he steps, obviously you're not even in a spot where you can haze and stay with him. Right. So take me through it. Like as right here, like this head rope's going on and then you're picking your rope up. So obviously you don't even feel close enough at that point um, to even have swings going. Take me through the how do you, where you try to ride to so you can kind of stay calm like the angles right through here because that's that's the one thing I when you get that much left and you're kind of coming in, I, you said not try to come in hot. So will you explain to me like what happens when you do kind of come in hot with a turn like that and then what you do right here to to basically get there because the steer is kind of opening up really. Well, like if you get, if to me, if you get there, like, cause you can see right here, no matter what to me, I, I think happens when they turn the steer, that there's going to be a pause or they're going to slow down. So if I'm, if I'm picking up speed as that's happening, then you're getting the, the clash, you know what I mean? And all that does is get to where you're going to, it's going to get your shoulders back. You're going to lift up on your reins, your tip's going to get up and it just makes it a lot. It basically makes it to where you, your options get a lot smaller. You know, you get to where you're going to pretty much have to be standing still when you go to heal the steer. And so me, like I, when I'm jackpotting, I usually try to, like, I like to pick up my rope whenever I get caught up to the steer. Like when my horse kind of breaks down to this, to the stride to pick up my timing. So like this steer right here, I was, I, like you said, I was far enough away that when he headed him and I'm still heading over there, like I knew the timing was going to be off because I was still going faster than the steer to try to catch up. So once he headed him, and you could kind of take, cause like healing, you're always roping for what's going to happen or like what you think's going to happen next, not necessarily what's going on right at that time. And so like right here, I could kind of see how that steer is lifting up on his own a little bit after he headed him. So I went ahead and picked it up and then I'm just kind of reading it on the way in to, to make sure that I don't, you know, cause you, you don't want to just be behind the run, but in that situation right there, I could have got too far ahead to where then I would have had to like really come off it and float it or just too many guessing games in there, you know, to, to try to meet up at the right time. So I just kind of let my horse, once I kind of felt him check over there and hit the same time as the steer, I went ahead and picked it up. And then I just tried to stay, you know, I kind of try to stay on the same, same plane and same speed until, you know, something shows me otherwise. What do you think about the heel horses? Like take me through this, how, how you think your heel horse does a good job right here. Um, mainly, when I talk about that or ask about this, um, you see right here, his he kind of keeps moving forward and the momentum stays. Like you see a lot of guys, they really get caught up with like this huge stop and huge drag. Well, that would have that would have had to been the steer going away if you get right. that huge stop so that horse can kind of crawl through that shot when that steer doesn't open up. So what do you like about that? Because um, that's something we'll kind of see in your healing is when steers are not ready to be healed, you can kind of get one more swing off and, and catch a lot of cattle, right? Right. I think that, you know, as far as, like you said, horse-wise, that, that is the biggest thing I look for, honestly, is like right here, that steer, like he, when I was coming to him, everything was looking good. Well, then when he went to take that big jump away from me, or he kind of took that high hanging hop or whatever, that's where you see some horses, they'll either go kind of too close or they'll, they'll kind of almost punch and try to get, get stopped or like right there, he just kind of kept pedaling with his front feet. And to me, that's what, that's what makes you. Cause like, if you watch the steer's front feet, that's kind of the same motion that they make, not necessarily the back feet. 
if my horse's front feet are doing the same thing as the steer's front feet, it lets you keep going with the, with the same stride as the steer. Because even when the steer's hopping, they're going left to right with the fronts. So you can get your horse doing the same thing. Then it don't really matter what the steer does. They'll let you. Because they got it, whether they're close to you or not, they have to, like to me, they got to stay with you until you catch. You know what I mean? And then, and then be able to cut it off. And if you get them to where they're punching or whatever, that just, it changes the angles of it so much that, I mean, you can get by and do some stuff, but you can't get by all day long doing that, you know? Well, and I think that's the whole key to like, winning right is there's going to be some runs in there where it's not going to be ideal and if you can just survive the run then you can come back and then when you do get a good steer then you can start being more aggressive right which i don't know how fat what were you guys right there i think we were like six six or something on the first one six six so it was a it was a steer that probably was pretty easy to head but one that you know you you should have went out on the rope (laughs) i mean a lot of guys probably go out on the steer just because of the the difficulty on the the spacing they're healing right yeah, I mean, he was it, it. It does look hard. Like now, watching it on here, like when he when he went, he went hard enough to where I, I can see where guys would panic, or I even myself sometimes. But uh, the steers were kind of fresh enough that I knew, like, I could kind of see that big jump coming right there before I even got there, and just I kind of knew that the angle that we were headed anyway, that Clay wasn't going to be able to push up. Like he was going to have to come back up the wall, and it was going to be a pretty sharp corner, and so that's another reason why I didn't want to get too close too quick is because I knew that there was going to be a little bit longer hesitation than usual. And I just wanted to be in a spot where once the steer did decide, like I like to be able to, when they do end up deciding to do what they're going to do, I want to be able to see it and make my move and react to it. Like as they're fixing to do it. So if you're too close and you can't see it, then, you know, you're in a, there's a spot that they could go that you can't, you can't react to, you know? So I just try to keep it to where I have, I try to keep as many options open as I can until I need to throw. Right. And I think that's where like the swing and everything like that you've worked on for so long, for so hard, like so hard, because that translates to that's why you don't get committed to a shot right. and you're able to re- be able to read the steer as, as things kind of develop. So when you get a lot of left here like this, um, where are you riding to? And hey, don't, don't be afraid to go John Madden with that pin if you want to show some angles. But, um, okay. but I don't know if this one will be a good one or not to, for John. But when you get a lot of left and you're out of position here, so kind of give me the where you're trying to point your horse to and where, like, you, you know, that, that's kind of confusing because I know obviously we look here and your left hand is really in probably the most, um, I, I would think that's as far as a guy is ever going to have to guide a horse to help him out. So you're, you're obviously trying to get back inside, but how, where are you when you try to get inside so you don't get trapped and you can kind of still get around the, the turn when, when things go left here? Okay, so I try to get <clears> – <throat> so maybe go, go one more little click here so you can see my tip. Okay. Right there. Okay, so my tip – I try to keep it headed toward the hocks, right? So what what I go with, so I got my shoulder. I want my shoulder, like it's usually right right even with my top strand, right? That's not even. You can see right here, there's like hardly any space in there, right? Yep. My hand straight up from that. So what I, the reason I watch the head catch go on and the reason I watch all the, as much as I can watch is because, so where this steer's head is, like where, where Clay's rope is right here, 
where it's going, that's where the feet are going to go. So I can tell here already the reason I'm headed where I'm headed is because when he hits, you can go, go one more. So his head, where his head is going, this is where it was, right? Okay, go one more click. Okay, stop right there. Or just back just a little bit. Okay, so that's where his leg ended up. So when I'm over here looking at it from where I'm at, I can tell by the way his head's bending around, even though his his butt is going to hit out, it's going to come back to where it just was. So to me, like where you see a lot of guys, they try to ride around the end of it. All it does in a situation like this is it gets it to where when they pull the steer, you almost get like the the pass by deal. Like you're going to a spot and they come back by you the other way and you can't make that sharp of a turn, right? So that's that's where I've tried to get to where I don't panic in that situation because even though they're, they're going to hit out, I know they're going to come back to me. So I just try to meet back up. Like when they swing back towards me, that's where I meet back up. And you're using the head rope and, and kind of the head catch. Yeah, just the heads, like the head. Like I don't even necessarily, I don't ever just look at the feet until, I mean, still like right now, you can see where my eyes are at. I'm looking like up towards his shoulders because that's where, like what his shoulders are doing right now is what gave me the read of, okay, he, he's, he might take a high jump or might kind of, I didn't, I can't, you know, you can't really tell that they're going to hang, but I can tell, okay, so his shoulders are right here. So I'll go to the next. Next frame after one more. See, so the tail head comes up dang near to that spot right there. And so now I'm still looking like where my eyes are looking. I'm looking kind of at the top of the tail head and I can see the angle like he's headed down this way. So I know he's coming back like to where my left hand is at. So my left hand's headed here. Okay, go one more. And so that got me to where I met up. So his head was right there where my tip was. So that's where I'm bringing it around. Like I want my horse to measure off and everything to come back to where his feet should be right under there in the next, next frame. So you're building, like I, I would call this timing, right? Like you're, right. you're building your timing through your horse. Just with the run. Yeah. Like I yeah. try to get in time with this, with what's going on. I don't, I don't necessarily, cause like right now I'm just now looking like you can see where my eyes are just now coming down to like the jump before I'm going to rope the steer is when I'm letting everything fall back to, to the feet, because that's where, that's where they're going to end up. So to me, like there's a, if my swing covers like the, however big the steer is, however long his legs are, he can stick them both out as far as he can. There's only a certain area he can cover. So if I've got that whole area covered with my swing, then the feet don't necessarily mean too much to me because they don't have to get very high off the ground for you to get to your rope under them, you know? So I just try to get in time with, in the rhythm of the whole situation and then have my swing and everything and make sure I've got the area covered I need to cover and then let it kind of right. come into that, come into my vision like as that's happening instead of, because to me, like if you, well, just like all the stuff I just, just explained, if I'm just looking at the feet or looking at the, the hawk or whatever some people say they look at, I wouldn't have seen any of that happen. So yeah. you see the steer go left and you're just thinking, man, I got to get over there. Well, now all of a sudden here you come crashing in there and don't see anything that, you know, all that, all that stuff that just happened is going to make it to where now you're probably getting missing or getting a right leg. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of healers in that situation, they want to come in hot. 
you know, when they see right. that big gap and they want to chase. And the first few things when they chase, their swing speeds up, their horse's stride spins up, swing, their stride speeds up. And so that kind of makes it to where as you're getting there, you can't really read and you've got a quick swing and, right. and things just don't have really rhythm to it. So essentially what you're, what you, we, we're saying with this, your healing, and I think this is like kind of the job that like how it, you're taking it is you've got to be able to read the situation and then put yourself in the spot where you can heal them as they open up. Right. And this is one of those where it's really, really wild. I mean, I remember watching the run live and I thought, I mean, I thought you were done <laughs> as soon as he stepped and, and for you able to just recover and heal him like that, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, well, and, and you like, to me, catching up to the steer to me <clears throat> is like wherever I can get the steer from. If I, if I can't get to this, like a lot of guys like to get to the spot, get separation. I don't necessarily care. Like if I get there, that's fine. But if I can get them from being already separated, and that's where like you're talking about the horse comes in. If I'm already separated before I throw, that's when you need him to stay moving with you and let your loop get to where it needs to get before he cuts it off. But I don't necessarily have to be that close to the steer to be caught up, say, for what I've considered being caught up. So that kind of gives, you know, another, basically another thing that just opens up a few more options for you for, I feel like if you keep it that way, then you don't ever get to where you're like, man, I need to, you have to nail this one lane and do all this stuff to, to be able to catch a steer. Like I got... Basically, if you have lots of clubs in your bag, then you can, you know, adjust to whatever situation kind of shows up. Yeah, a uh, guy might have needed like the the seven iron for that one. Um, that one was a little bit. Uh, it was almost in the rough right there. <laughs> but I mean, to honestly, to me, like that's that happens a lot in the way it is now because these guys, the heading has got to where they. I mean, I know they all do as good as they can when they can, but they don't have time to handle the steer sometimes you know what i mean like you you get to where you have to nail the start and when their head loop hits the horns they got to turn the steer and so i don't i don't ever expect it to go to be perfect you know what i mean because if it if it is i'm going to catch those every time and i'm ready for that so i just kind of i want to be in a spot to where i'm ready for anything and then if it goes better than terrible then great well on top of that you're allowing your header to open them up as fast as they can be opened up without essentially jerking them down. Right. So then you're, you're able to create a really fast run by, by doing that as, as well. And I think that's, you know, I, obviously we'll see that um, when we go into these, these next few runs. My, my last thing on this is this is a pretty good angle for your, your healing delivery and kind of talking about this is one that I would say is just a little bit unorthodox as far as when you've got that, when the steer's like really like spend a lot of time in the air and you've got to hang on to your rope just a little bit longer. So kind of take me through how you, your heel loop, you know, gets delivered on this steer. Like what, what you think, uh, how it has to work right there. Well, like you hear a lot of, I hear a lot of people say like feeding in your last swing or in your delivery, you shouldn't do it. But like, to me, I, I feed in and out a lot, you know, depending on what's going on, because like, I, I always think of it like, say like a golf swing, like you, they say you want to keep your your club on the same same plane angle all the time. Well, so this is a way to do that. If if I can feed in and out and create more distance, like give it more time to come around by feeding it out, I can keep it on the same same angle to where I'm already headed, and then adjust accordingly without like without having to float it or 
there are certain times where if you didn't do that and you tried to just get it around again, well, now you got to bring your, your hand and your arm in. So where if you do get it around, now it's on a different angle than it was before. And so it just creates problems like that. So to me, like right there, I could see, like as I was getting there, the way that steer was setting up that something, it was either going to be a pause or, so like right there, or go back to that spot again, sorry. Like right, go one more after this swing. So right here, you can see me lift my left hand, start feeding it out, right? Because yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting to lift on my horse because I can see it by his shoulders is what made me, because his shoulders being up, his butt's down. Well, the next thing, like to me, I go opposites. So whatever's happening now, the counter is counter move is going to be shoulders go down, butt comes that high. So his shoulders were there. Now the tail head comes to the same spot. So that's going to make it to where it's going to take him longer to get down. So instead of me having to try to, I would have been out of time basically is what I'm trying to say. So I lengthened the distance of my rope by feeding it out to create more time for me to wait on the steer to let my rope meet up when it needs to meet up. And then you can like, I'll pull it out sometimes on the way down. But like this one right here, I, I tried to get it down. I know it's, I can't prove it, but I tried to get not as much tip through on that one just because of how he was straight legged. Like I basically, I, like I threw it up over his hips on purpose on this one just because of what he was doing. So when they hang like that straight legged, it's really, really easy to like, they're not moving forward really. And that's what we count on holding up our top strand. So like right there, I tried to make my Hondu hit farther back here to where it didn't, it didn't want to run down the top strand. So when I, when I healed him, I just wanted just enough tip to get through there to catch the feet to where it was already tied on them. Like basically I created it on my own right there. So I go one more click. So like right there, it's tied on the feet. Got my Hondu back to where now when I pick it up, because it's kind of the same deal when shoulders are down, tail heads up, the next frame's gonna be down, so it's easy to get your rope up above the hips so you don't risk slipping a leg. Right, so the further back your Hondu is- the less tip, you're gonna get through there. Less tip, you're gonna get through there. And then also, though, if you're getting a lot of pantyhose shots, that means the, the back part of your rope, like the everything to the right leg is gotta go somewhere. So if right. you're pulling your slack up, then it's going to come up and get them right. over the hips. And I, and the stuff like this, I don't really recommend other than like this steer, steers like this, they're kind of little, they're not too wide legged. Like there wasn't much risk in that one. Cause he was, I mean, his legs were together as far as width wise. And then I just knew basically off of the jump he took before when their tail head comes down that low, it's easy to get like, they're locked into it pretty much. So then like the next frame from this one, like I knew, I knew right here, I was going to be able to get it, get it up where I wanted to get it it was basically already up there so are you telling me you pulled it up over his hips right there on yeah. purpose like you consciously thought that yeah yeah that was and i thought that before like as soon as he hung like he did i was already thinking that because that's where i that's the reason i didn't get as much tip through because i could steer like that if i'd have tried to get that much tip through like when they hang like that straight legged and they're usually not going forward there's nothing like it's a good time to like you'll get it high on the right because it'll spin in front of the feet because they're not moving forward enough to keep your like we're counting on them to keep our top strand up yeah so <clears throat> like and i just knew like right there how his head's bent to the right kind of his feet are going kind of angled like that way i knew that there's not going to be much forward movement or as much so i'm wanting my tip to just barely see like right there i'm dropping it 
dropping this part down pretty far behind the feet as far as what you would normally because i mean normally on a run where you get close enough and get separation you're going to want your hondu to hit somewhere up in there right so that i mean that's quite a bit of let's say like a half coil or more distance wise and that's trying to get it down to where it's just barely going to get get the feet with your tip and I think that's the one thing that uh, we've had some healers talk about that, like try not to get as much tip through because sometimes the window where you deliver your rope is is not as big, sometimes open roping, right. especially like how things how things happen. And this is a great example of that. Well, and just like this deer right now, <clears throat> you can see how, how his body's bent, like up through here. He's wanting to come around this way. So I know that his feet are going to bend back. His feet, when I, after I heal him, they're going to swing back to the left and that's the easiest thing in the world to slip legs on if you do have a, a lot of tip through there you know so uh this is kind of something that takes experience i guess but it's just a feel thing like i could just see see it coming to where i wasn't wanting to i mean i'm the best at slipping legs so i didn't want to slip a leg with my only bullet left for the day really want to get to that second round with a clean run yeah yeah i get it uh just talk talk about my whole that's my whole healing career right there but no i and obviously with the rundowns we will dive into some really advanced stuff and i and that's what we love about this is because this is what it is um you know obviously if we we'll get to more like fundamental stuff so like when we do video shoes and stuff like that but this yeah, is where we really i don't enjoy. know if that's fundamental stuff there <laughs> that's winning stuff i guess yeah and the, necessity and, well exactly right and this is this is competition and this is what it takes to win at the open level so right. if someone's wanting to learn that here it is, right? That's why I feel weird about telling, like you tell someone how to rope, but then when it comes down to it and you get out there, you do whatever you got to do. Yeah, and and it's just, I think that's it at the end of the day, right? When we we talk about winning is it, it's making sure you're throwing your rope in the right spots, right. getting enough clean times and, and being able to do that where uh, it can last uh, throughout the whole year so you can win, win enough money to, to keep going or, or to make, you know, to make money, really. All right, so round two, we kind of know your game plan with everything. Um, so this one, yeah, like this one here, to me that day, like Clay, Clay was going at him pretty good that day. And so if, he, if he's getting good starts and getting it on him that fast, like I can try, I'm going to be ready for if I have a shot to throw fast. But like this tier right here, you can see kind of by the way he come around, like he wasn't. He didn't hit terrible, but then he kind of took that one little quick hop right there. And so if I try to throw right then, it's just the, it's the timing of it is off enough to where it's going to be like throwing it against, like if you're coming in too hot and just throwing it against the wall, you know what I mean? Like there was no, no rhythm. Like I would have had to try to pick him off basically. So he comes and, and I'm, I'm far enough off him too. Like I, they were fresh enough that day that. I wasn't wanting to be in a spot to where, like, say, if I'd have been closer when he took that little quick hop, I would have had to have my horse come off it enough to where then I would have had to try to decide where he was going to go and if I needed to go to him or not. So when he does this right here, I have enough distance where I can see that and I can just kind of keep going the same speed I was going, knowing that there was enough distance between me and the steer that by the time I got there, he was going to probably have him moving again and to where I don't even have to pick up or. Basically, he picked right back up into the flow of the run as I was getting there. 
So when he hit like that, I knew. So when he comes back up right here, he was kind of loose is why he hit like he did. And so I just seen that coming and took one more swing and just kind of went for the catch. But he turned him fast enough that I know that I'm not going to have to try to do anything crazy and still be five or, you know, six flat to five, five to six flat probably. So that wasn't, it didn't really seem like a, that's an easy, that's a hundred percent catch shot for me. So why not take it when you're still going to be five? Yeah. This is your guys' rub, right? right? Like if, if you got a good steer, good start heading, this is your guys' rub. It's a hundred percent of the time. If you make that every single time you're, you're going to win the rope, right? Like, I think this is what, what, this has got to be five right here. I think we were five, like five, five or five, seven, maybe. And so to me, like it, I mean, yeah, you both have to be aggressive and go fast, but really it's a, the header dictates kind of how fast, like if we, if we go down the arena, if he misses the barrier and we're going too far, well, then I know I'm going to have to try to step up and do something. But if it's at a five head roping like this and he's doing the stuff he was doing that day, my job is to get two feet. My job's not to, try to throw as fast as he's throwing and let's try to be four, you know what I mean? And not, not catch. I'm, I'm trying to wait until he pulls the steer and do my job. And as long as he's doing what he's doing, then that's how you like, I'm, I'm not having any part in taking the risk for this, for that day. Right. Cause he's already done all that. Like he got a great start. He went at him. And so why would I try to throw right here when he quick hops and get a right leg instead of taking one more and letting him open up like that and taking a, a no doubter, you know, and still be, as long as you're still with the pace of the rope and then it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, you know I mean? That's, that's what you're supposed to do. So, right. especially in the second round, I mean, if it, if it were getting into the fourth round and we're 10th or something on three, well then, yeah, you need to go ahead and, you know, maybe try to do something if you get the chance, but not when you're only in the second round. Absolutely. And so I think, uh, I'm going to go back to this other angle because I think it shows it pretty good right here your spacing and i would call this like a half hop essentially like the steer like clay's heading i mean the steers might be in a little bit in the right lead as he's kind of putting it on the horn and he steps out like we said he's trying to basically turn them as fast as they can open them up well right here the steer kind of hits hard and then you get this little like half hop i'd call that or and that's where your spacing kind of allows you to to kind of see everything happen and then just kind of keep riding through that because you could probably feel it if he that steer when we go back like right here if he's opening up and like breaking down better you might be a little more aggressive but right. you, your spacing kind of allows you to read that right right like and if so if, i mean if, if this runs playing in regular or slow motion or whatever and you don't be able to see the steer it would have looked like nothing changed as far as where i was at and that, so like to me, if, if I'm, if I'm watching these runs and thinking to myself, like, what do I need to do different, do better? That, that's exactly what I wanted to do in that situation. And you, and you can kind of see like my horse, right? Uh, so like when I pick up my swing, right there, he's matched up with the steer. So anything, anything other than that you have to be in a spot to where you have say at least one more stride to be able to adjust to it. But the thing about these guys is if you have that distance right there, even though he takes that quick hop, the next stride he picked right back up. Like I always, I don't ever really panic on once that happens, like when they come out of that, it's going to be faster or slower. 
because like at this level these guys know if something like that happens don't don't pick up on your horse and try to slow the steer down because all that does is let him get on on an even looser rope so he's kind of waiting like he he holds up enough to let the steer kind of regain his feet but then he keeps going the same speed to where it pulls him right back into the like i basically i was still in time with the steer when he came out of that because of what he did you know so that's something that you can kind of count on with with these guys is they don't really they don't worry about that stuff too much they just i don't care what the steer does as long as whatever speed they're going when they turn them because because we're if we're doing our job we're reading that already so if if i have a read at a certain speed and you change it after that well now i have to realize that happened get another read and try to react to that well now it's now it's too long yeah so the what they do with them doesn't really matter to me as as much as just keep them going the same speed and um no, I agree with you 100%. One thing that I think is really, this is a good one to talk about with your feeding, uh, just for anyone that wants to watch, which, Jade, I don't even know, like, I, is that something you recommend that people try out? Um, I, I think this is really advanced, right? Because I've played with it just a little bit, and man, I, I, I don't have a lot of luck. I, I don't, I wouldn't say I recommend it, honestly, unless you've, like, I, I've done it, I worked at it for a long time to where now, like, I'll, I'll see certain stuff like doing it in runs where I don't even like, it's kind of second nature to me now, you know what I mean? Like I don't remember doing it on the, on the run, but to me, it's, it's such a feel thing that that's, it just is the feel of what is going to keep me in time. You know, so like if I would have stayed with what I had going when that steer took this little quick hop that he took, I would have been out of time when he came back into it. So I would say your rope is kind of like fed pretty tight right there, right? Right. Okay. And so as long as everything stays right there, I'm good. So right there, I pulled it out because he took that quick hop. So the reason for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that, Sean. So, so I'm right there. Yeah. Right. So I, I pull it out because he's going he's gonna to hit faster than he did the stride before just on this stride. And then I'm going to say the next one, I push it back out right there. And then as I'm going to match up with the steer, I either keep it on the same length or you can, you can't feed into it when you throw, you can pull it. I've pulled it out a lot when I throw, but you can't ever, like you can't push into it in the throw, but you can, like I do it a lot the swing before just to kind of me measure off. And then it's just to be able to get it down. Cause like, to me, like everybody talks about timing so much, but you only have to be in time, just one jump. Yeah. That's, that's when it comes down to it, that's really your loop has to get there when his feet come off the ground. That's, that's the only time it's got to do that. So what you do from the box until that point doesn't even really matter as long as whatever you do makes that happen when you want to throw. Right. Um, so when you say that you can't feed into that, like last swing, why is that? You can, you can feed into the last swing. I mean, like when, when you're throwing, like there's times like when I'm actually throwing that I'll pull it back out, like to shorten, like if I something you. like that happens. I got you. But if you try to push into it as you're throwing, that's when your your tip's going to hit too. It's going to hit and it's going to stop. Yeah, it's basically slowing your rope right. way down. And yeah, you're going to take too much time to get it to where it's going to hit, like you were getting too close and tried to right. tried to do the bowling ball shot or something. But but you can pull it out and that will kind of speed it up just a it just little bit. Just gets it down quicker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I like to. The reason, the whole reason for it is to keep it like when I was talking about keeping on the same plane. I don't want whatever angle it's at. If that's the right angle, any other angle is is not right. 
So the only way to get your loop around slower or faster would be changing how you're swinging it. You know what I mean? And then, and then you got more problems to deal with because now you got to try to get it back to where it was. If you had it at the right angle for what the steer was doing, that's the only way you can slow it down or speed it up and keep it on that same, yeah. same angle. So, yeah. So if you want to, I, th- I think that's a great way to, to look at it. Right. Um, if you're thinking about your swing never changes and all you're doing is changing in between your hands to yeah, just taking creating longer distance or shorter distance because and that's i've talked about it before a lot like uh if you're swinging a ball on a string as long as you keep the ball on the end of the string you can send it out the whole length of the string or bring it back in and doesn't change it basically it, it's to where you can get your tip down there anytime you want to and it's not it's not throwing it hard and leaving your tip behind you just got to be able to keep this, the ball on the end of the string. So that's, that's basically what, that's what kind of led me on to it was, because that's how I taught my kid to swing, was I just had him a little string with a couple knots tied on the end of it to where he got to where he would roll his wrist around and swing that knot on the end of it. Well, you could bring it down anytime you want to, and it's not. Because if, if you do it any other way, you shorten the distance with your arm, well, it leaves your tip even farther behind. Right. The harder you bring it in, the faster you bring it in, the slower the actual swing gets and now your tip gets even farther away than it was while well, doing it this way you can if you see something happen and you need to get it down there you can whip it down there anytime and it doesn't look like you did anything yep but this has been the only way i've found to, it's taken me a long time to get it to where i got it now but it's uh it's a pretty vital piece to what i'm trying to do i think for being able to catch steers that you're not supposed to catch anyway you know absolutely and once again this is really high level stuff i would more or less suggest trying to keep your swing in the same spot keep a nice smooth swing and then um, build timing through your horse and and then once you kind of get that feel for it you can start playing with this but there's a few key things that i think you do really really well let's talk about your left hand um to be able to do that you ride a little bit longer rain right well talk to me about why you got some longer reins and then how it works into these runs well mainly is because like i if you if you have your reins too short to me like right, right here where my, like this is, this is where I get a lot of my power from. Like you got to be able to, to me, you have to be able to move your upper body, like swivel it as much as you need to swivel it without messing with my horse. So I, I want to have my reins in a spot to where if I pick up and I need them, they're not too long to where I can't control him. But like in this deal right here, like I went from my left hand being down almost like say level with the saddle horn to three or four inches above the saddle horn. And it didn't mess with my horse's face at all. Right. And mess with what, cause I mean, there, if you, if your horse is good enough, this, this, like this horse, he reads the steer so good and, and gives me like the way he sets it up is because I'm not, I'm not messing with him. So I don't, I don't ever want to be, I want to be able to move myself around and adjust to where it doesn't mess with what he's trying to do to help me out. So, um, I just think if they're too short, like if you get them to where anytime you make a move with your left hand, it's moving, you know, you're already pulling on them, then it's going to make it to where it's a lot harder for them to do what they need to do. And that it's in return, like the results going to be, it just messes everything up really, you know? Yeah. And in the longer rain, um, kind of allows that, like where if you're feeding your hands going to move a little bit, you can see it right there. Like that, that little movement 
but it doesn't affect your horse at all. Right. Yeah. So like right here, if I, if I do that right there, if I'm pulling back and my reins are a lot shorter, it's going to whoop his head. It's going to either slow him down or it's going to turn his head back. You're going to get something. Yeah. You're going to get a, a reaction. And that, that would have been the, the absolute worst time to get a reaction from your horse if, if you would have done something like that. Yeah. We're talking, this is the steer right here. This is the easy, you know, this is the run that probably the easiest one for you guys to make. And uh, yeah, so you're trying to let your horse do his job right. and then just read the cow. Well, and I, I mean, too, like if with that, with that level or with that distance on your reins, to me, it's like having another coil. You know, I mean, I can, I can get my hand up by my chin or I can get it down to my horse's ears. And that's, that's a lot when it comes to, you know, like if the steer gets away or something happens, like if your reins are sucked down to his neck and your coils are right next to it, that's pretty much where you're tied to, you know, like the, you hear people say like being tied to the fence post. Yeah. So you have no, that's, that distance is what you got. Cause like when you'll see, like when I do that or like when, when I do pull it back, the angle that I take my hand, if my reins are too short, my, his neck would block the coils to where I couldn't do it. So like right there, my coils come on top of his neck right there. Yeah. If, if my hand is lower than that, like right there, you, you can't get that done. It's going to hit him in the neck. They're going to stay flat. And to me too. So I use them. This is, this is kind of other, like another thing I don't recommend. So right here, the distance in between my hands and the way my coils is going right here. If something happens and I need to get my rope down faster or stop it like on my own, I can use these coils to block my top strand by keeping them right there. I'll, I'll turn them down the other way. Like the way they're going right now, I can block my distance in between my hands, block my top strand with those coils. Cause if I throw right here, it's going to stop when it hits right here. It's not going to go past there. So if I turn them back towards my body, it's going to help get my bottom strand down sooner than it would if I had them face the other, like facing towards the steer. So that you, makes sense. You're talking about rolling your wrist, like like you're rolling my hand like, like flat to where my coils would go back. My top of my coils would go back towards my chest. It would make my like, bottom strand run underneath the coils, like, like this here. Yeah. yeah, it would it would block it to where I can I can get it down faster than if I have them forward like a header would to where you can let go of coils and have it travel farther you can stop the stop where it's gonna yeah it'll get your hondu that's how you get your hondu back behind the feet more right like the one before you or the first one i probably would turn them down when i threw to get the get the hondu down where i got it okay well let's let's just go back because um i think the other thing that i i could talk to talk about on that while we're uh while i'm getting back to that other run you know how many times do we have, let's see, in a run when we, steers like getting off to the right, if your hand is really low and your reins are really tight, I would say that being able to finish your delivery was things are a little bit more off to the right. If your hand is really tied down to your horse's neck with short reins, that doesn't really allow you to finish your rope and it makes right. it really hard to place it on the ground. So being able to... Yeah, you're not going to be able to get your tip through hardly that way. Yeah. How many times do we get like on a big wide steer and you can't, you just kind of feel like I can't get it down to the ground because it's just kind of out getting away from right. you. And I think that's that's kind of where that can happen right there. Right. It makes it extremely hard. Yeah, there it is. 
so that that it's you're it's kind of blocked off in this angle, but you really bring that left hand like pretty tight in to which and see if this like say this steer would have stayed not going like the direction he went if he would have stayed kind of to where I was say like inside him instead of getting around pretty straight behind when I pulled him back right there, I would have had to turn him down to keep the keep it all stopped from from traveling too far because that's what like you have to keep it that way. So right, stop right when it hits the ground. Okay, so right here, in order to keep my hondu from running down the top strand, it's got to stay. It's got to stay pushing down on it to keep it down here, right? Yeah. So if it gets loose anywhere in here, it can run that way, or it can fall back that way, this way, or that way. So that's where I come in with what I'm doing with my hand. And these coils is like go ahead and go to the next one. Uh next run. Or no, just like the next next click here. See, so see how it's tight right there? That's keeping it. Basically, like when you do the butterfly, you switch sides, it pushes on each side of your hondu to keep it from sliding down and your loop closing up. Well, to me, the roping is the same exact thing. It's like doing the butterfly. You got to do whatever counter move makes it to where. Like right here now, my Hondu, it's straight up and down, but I'm, now I need it to go and I need it to close up. Before that, it's got to be on either side of it, keeping it from closing up the whole time. So based off what the steer is doing and my right hand's doing and left hand's doing, it's kind of like doing the butterfly to me. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, I, I've never even once thought about that. I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense because you watch it right here, the rope will just close up. And you know that's that's where it was opened up. Right. So you you're able to place it without it traveling, and then close it, and close it accordingly. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's go to round three. I would say this is a deep dive at that point when we're talking about closing hondus. But I I, I kind of. I didn't know, you know, what I would hear, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, that's. Well, so I don't, sometimes I don't know if it makes any sense to anybody, but. Well, I get it. It makes sense in my head, I guess. I, I get it. I don't think that I um, have enough heel horse power and time to to really like figure it out, but that is that's pretty impressive. All right. So this is third round. You guys are about 11, probably like short to mid 12 on two. And 100 team open roping, you probably just feel like you guys are in the rope right, at this point right. you, you you you've got a chance to win the rope at this point you know that right. but you really there's no laying up at no this point. no holding up yet yeah yeah which and this year he uh this year was pretty good and he he really went at that one i thought and i just once again kind of took a because like right when he gets it on this one like i don't know i might have missed the start just a little bit i knew this year was good and i was just kind of starting to make my move when he threw and like you can't really see it as much, but as what it felt like. But like when his head loop hit, that steer kind of let up a little bit. Like not not necessarily checked off, but dang sure in the moment, I remember feeling like I was going, I was catching up, you know, and I was closing the gap. It's so like right here, it felt like you can see him kind of his head comes up just a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, what it looks like on here and what it looks like in the moment is is a lot different. But I remember thinking like I needed to get slowed down. Well, the way that steer was coming around, you could tell like he was just setting up to be perfect. So the reason I took one more swing is because 
like you can see when my horse is turning in like right here he's he's running because i was a little bit late so when he's like basically i'm coming in a little bit hot so right here everything's fine but the way the steer turned like you can see my horse is like i'm kind of sitting up and my horse is getting stopped to where i know one more swing after that everything's going to be measured back off so what we were on two and where he turned this one in the moment in my head i'm like that would be so like why would you do that so take one more swing take the guaranteed shot and you're still five five or whatever we were on that stair now all of a sudden we have the lead right so to, to like to me how you how you win these ropings or how you win a lot is like i remember like i can remember this run thinking as it was happening i was thinking like don't get don't don't get caught up in what's going on like try to just stay slowed down to where I would take another swing and that that to me is the hardest thing is like when this stuff gets to happen and you want to throw right there but it was like i knew better so i let my horse and that's where they come into like where he had to do to make the turn it was set up for me to throw and he comes right out of it like pushes out of that into the next yeah we'll show it from this angle here <clears throat> into the next swing and just lets me put it down where i need to put it down yeah, that, that was one of the first things we talked about on the first year. Um, for, for everyone, what, what heel horse is this? Uh, <clears throat> this is a horse I call Huey that I got from Travis Graves like three years ago, I guess. And uh, he's just, he's been super easy for me. Like he, he can really run. Like he's, he's kind of running bread. And I've never really had one that he reads the cow. Like he, he can, he feels like he kind of runs on top of the ground. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if the ground's deep, not deep, whatever. It feels like he's just kind of running on top of it to where at any time he could, he can make the moves he needs to make at any time. And like right here where he kind of puts his head in and his shoulders will kind of, he keeps his shoulders up no matter what's going on. And to me, if they, if they keep their shoulders up and are kind of pushing like right here off their hind end, like you can tell that he came out of it and pushed into the next swing with me and let me catch and then still cut it off to where you get it like that's that's to me that's the kind of stuff that if you don't have that you can't really you can't count on stuff like that happening you know what i mean but well it limits you right yeah just kind of like and and then this is the case like i i think we should right here when you talk about these shoulders up like this is i think this is the perfect example of it like right here like look at the the shoulders and everything and that steer i mean Right, where it's going right there, you would think, like, you'll see a lot of horses, that's as far, like, they don't get their shoulders crossed up back this way. Like, where we're headed this way, the steer is headed back the other direction. Well, this next next swing, usually, if you don't throw, they can't get crossed over. So, where where this comes in, extremely vital, is right, right here. He's pushing off his left hind leg, and his right one's going to head back the other way. Well, he gets gets his shoulders crossed over with the steer to where like right there i'm dead in line with the steer and i shouldn't have been like that for what it was the jump before so him pushing off back here is what made his shoulders square up so if i had wanted to throw the reason the main reason i didn't is go go backwards one little deal where i kind of had to raise my swing right here to get it to get it to where i didn't hit the steers back because i was kind of closing the gap so right, uh, go back just a tick. More back? Uh, no, four, just like just one little. Okay, so right right there where my tip's at, it's too high. 
to throw on the next jump because so yeah his feet are together right there but his head like it's it's where his head is but where his body's going his body's going straight back that way so this next click he's going to come back that's what that's what i meant by where it was extremely important for my horse to do what he did is because this next frame the steer is going to come back into me so his his hind end is actually swiveling back to the left say so he that's a lot of distance from where they were to where they're going from right to left that a lot of people don't factor in so right here where my tips at it's still at his head going into the next jump so right right there i knew i've got to take one more swing to get it down here so i had to get him out of that but still keep him picked up to where now when i'm going to throw right there it matched up to where his head was so that that's kind of what helps me stay like keeps me honest as far as like trying to that would have been me trying to pull off a shot so i knew the jump before stuff came together fast steer isn't going yet because like right there or if you go back to the or you can just stop it on this one too so when he turns him where he's at right here and where his front feet are this next jump goes to right there so really in in reality he didn't move if that if that makes any sense like his feet went from there to there and the steers in the same spot that i'm already at if that makes sense so from right yeah because he kind of i would call that like washing out just a little bit and i think that's like maybe when he checked off or whatever um, but you don't see clay usually get like a half head like that it usually means a change of speed it's like right. something happens usually his rope well, see, is not off right and that's what i meant by that like i know i know it doesn't look like much but like it felt like we were kind of going that steer wasn't really running but like he missed the barrier on this one i guess a little bit too like we're both kind of riding like our horses are running and right there with that steer he kind of come to the left just a tick yeah and so he was going too far like we both thought the steer was moving or we were moving to the steer faster than the steer was going and so once that happened he's now he's trying to get him turned because he's got a lot of slack out there so he's trying to get him turned which is causes what you see right here but so i'm i'm in a spot where i could heal the steer right so if i try to do that this next jump when he comes back over here my loop's going to go too far in front of the feet because even though in reality he's moving he hasn't moved forward until this jump right here that he's going into he kind of was getting his feet back underneath him right. so like I, that's why i call it washed out that means like <clears throat> that backhand kind of and so out just a little bit right so right here leave it go back to that spot right there Tell me when. Uh, keep going. Right there. Okay, so where my shoulders at right here, I'm headed back this way because you can see where his head's at, right? Yep. So when you see some guys stay, like I'm still reining left right here because if we're talking about what's going to happen next, so go to the next little click. Okay, so we're stop right there. My shoulders are closed off right here doesn't look like that's what's supposed to be happening for this right there right but he's going over here so my hand and everything so go ahead and go to the next frame so my swings over here now he's dead in line with my shoulder and that Which the frame before looks like i'm i'm turned off but that's the that's the counter movements of seeing what's about to happen yeah, it looks like, man, I'm making the wrong move for 
the moment, but I'm not, I'm not in the moment. I'm in the next moment. Yes. And so it's, that's, this is basically what I was talking about of the having to be in the right time, just one time. I seen this coming to where now the next frame that I needed to be now I'm throwing and I'm dead straight to where everything lines up. Yeah, I mean, it, this is just normal. Uh, go back to that little deal. This is another thing that happens a lot. Watch this tail right here. Yeah, I. This this can this could kill you at the wrong time. It literally hooks the top strand. That that makes it hard. It'll make your heel rope kind of bounce out. Like that bottom strand almost doesn't come to the ground sometimes if they like really swish your tail and they, that top strand gets hit. It kind of like yeah. So it's, it's, where it's raising up right there. That's. I mean, if somebody hooks your top strand when you throw it at the dummy and lifts it up for you, that that's where this stuff right here comes in. That's got to be solid right there. From your hand down, that has to be, you have to be able to count on that as some foundation, especially if something like this happens. Because if I have any slack right here, like right here, any slack right now, when he does this, it's going to allow this part of my rope to go that way. Yeah, kick that bottom strand up in exactly. the air. And it's going to, this this part right here where it's off the ground a little bit still, it's going to drive it right into the ground, which is going to stop the tip. And now you're either right leg or a complete miss because of the slack that you had in between your hands and the fondue. I think this is, um, this was created from your heel horse's shoulders being able to stay up <clears throat> throughout the run, right. right? Like this was why you were allowed to read this. And this was a, it's kind of a weird, it was a weird run, right? Like his steer was pretty good, but then headers. Just missing is, the barrier just enough. And yeah. that, that's where, like, that's the other thing I think is important is like, you have to, I try to, I try to kind of see the same starts as my header, unless he's really going at them because I, you're going to catch up at the same time to stay on the same flow of the run. Like if I'm up there, that's why I don't, I don't necessarily like it at a jackpot when there's not a hill barrier. Because I'm up there kind of waiting. Well, then here they come, stick it on the steer and turn him. Well, it's like now you got to make a hard move you, to where if you're coming both at the, if you box them in at the same time, it's like you can make a, you can be faster farther down the arena doing it like that than the healer being off from what the hitter's doing when they turn the steer, I think. Right. Cause it, it's really easy for a healer to get almost too far down the arena. Right. Uh, when that happens because your header comes in hot or you don't even see your header and he right. just sends a rope and it just makes it to where you and it's easy like on old steers like how the hork dog used to be like you could be waiting up there but you knew when it happened like you had one shot like you needed to throw when they turn them be ready to throw and so that kind of stuff it doesn't feel hard that way but it does make it to where like that's your one if you don't throw right there now you're two more swings into it before you get kind of back to what they're doing so Right. I kind of like it to where when you have to see a little bit and can catch up kind of at the same time. Yeah. But you see a lot of horses like, or you, I mean, you see it happen a lot where a situation like that happens to where they can't get their, their shoulders crossed back up. And now you're like floating by or straight behind the steer and guys try to heal them and top strand will hit the, or you'll hit your horse's neck or it just makes it to where you everything's kind of hard. You can't be as accurate, right? With your, right. your, your placement isn't precise. And so when we're talking about healing at a high level, I mean, you're you're doing things like barely sticking your tip through, um, closing your hondu off, opening it back up. Like when you're doing things like that at a really high level, um, being able to have a easy target to deliver to is 
it helps. And that's where great horses come into right. play. Yeah. Cause like this, this right here, where my tips at, like that, that looks like a good loop. Everything's balanced. Everything looks fine. But then you have this going on in the middle of it. So to me, that, that, that looks extremely hard or it makes no sense to be able to have that loop look like that with the steer's tail doing that to the top strand unless like it had to be exactly what it is i think in order for that to happen and what's weird to me about some stuff is like whatever i did in this run like i wasn't planning on that happening didn't see that happen even yeah until you watch the video so i don't know what i don't know what makes you do stuff to like have that be okay when you don't see it or plan on it happening but I think it's just the, you might, you must feel it. You know what I mean? Like there must be something like when it hits like that, you feel and push down a little harder or whatever. Just the, just the, the tension that I know I need to have on it is basically what I go off of. Yeah. And I think too, that's like, we talk about it with, with the horse being able to create and kind of build some feel for a run. I think that's how you slow it down. Right. If your horse is really here, like their feet are in the right spot, it feels like everything gets slower. Right. And so then when little things like that do happen, you kind of, you have time to react and it's like, you look back on it and you're like, wow, that was, I can't believe I thought that in the moment. Right. And it's like, sometimes I feel like it's something that I did in a practice pen years ago. I, I like, I will see it right then in the moment. But I think that's when you got to have really good clarity. And I think that comes from a lot of like a lot of your horse and stuff like that. I well, would that's, say. The, that's what I was just fixing to say. That's the hardest thing is the, like how many things you can think in the amount of time you can think them. Like you can make a three second run. What is like their day, like the run at the American we were talking about, like the stuff I thought about would take me way longer than three seconds to think about it. But I thought about it. Like I was talking to myself and like weighing out my options and made a decision and it happened as fast as it happens. Like that's, that's the kind of mind frame. Like if you can get it in there and stay in there, how you end up or how you can do good is because you have to, especially healing, you have to dissect yourself from what is going on. You know what I mean? You have to be able to not get caught up in the speed and the time and all the stuff that's going on around it and literally just wait for something to happen and then you go next. Right. You, and that's, that's the hardest thing. That's the, that is basically, that's the only thing I even work on anymore is just literally being patient enough to if it's a three-legged race, and I think it is because you get your head or your steer and you. So if we're tied, tied together in the middle with the steer, he's got to go left leg. We both got to go. He's going right leg and my left leg right. with the steer and then my right leg or you're going down. Yeah. And, and then to be able to do that and, and not get lost in things like, like this, for example, a tough rope and, and, and try to see what other guys are doing and press hard and, or try to like make this in, oh, I can get way ahead of the rope and if right. I fire it right here. Yeah, well, that's as soon as you think that in the middle of the run is when you're going to be five seconds behind the rope and all yeah, of a sudden. It's your days gets, it, it ends pretty fast, I think, when that happens or gets pretty disappointing. Um, and, and you want to throw, like right there, I wanted to throw bad and like you, luckily nobody can read your mind because during the run afterwards, I was more scared of what I almost did than because what makes me mad, this is what makes me the maddest, is if, so say I do throw right there, because it didn't feel like we were as fast as we were. Yeah. So when you do something like that, thinking, oh man, here's our chance to be five, and then you're five, five, plus five, it's like, that's, that's when you don't do your job. Like that, that's letting the, what you think the time is, and that, because that's just us going off our internal clock. Like you think, oh man, we're going to, we're fixing to be this. Well, 
I was, I would have been way wrong. Right. Cause I mean, it felt slow. I felt like I did. I was slow. It felt like to me. And then we are still five, five. So four, nine or five flat plus five is not good. Right. And then it calms you down for the rest of the day. Cause I know I'm like, man, that felt like I took one more swing, felt like I tracked and we're five, five. Well, that means I'm, that, that's perfect. That's where I want to be. It's like, not like, oh man, I thought we were four and we were eight. I like thinking we were eight and we're four. Yeah, you're trying to balance attacking and being really aggressive right. with being aware of what the steer's doing. With doing your job, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's like the whole art of competing at the highest level, right? Is making sure that you can throw your rope in the right spots that make the, the most amount of sense. And I think like I look at it like this, well, one more swing takes you to a six flat. Right. And if something is wrong on the the five five area where you where you could throw that also means hey that's either something you need to fix at a different time or something went wrong in the run or you just like whatever happens but to well, be able to get to that and that's a deal when you're trying to win first not thinking about man we can win third it's still good you know what i mean because you can't everybody wants to win first I'm, we're all trying to win first but it's hard to do like stuff has to go right but i feel like you can win third and fourth all the time if you do your job so a deal like that like you've got to remember in the moment well we're 12 on two or we're, we're good on two like we're right where we need to be on two so even if i do take another swing and we're six flat we're 18 on three we're still okay yeah you know i mean we, we maybe aren't in the lead now but we're we're close enough to where anybody messes up like we're right back there but then when you do it and you're still five five now we're 17 on three it's like Man, that would have been a huge mistake. Like, that would have been a huge mistake to try to do something in that moment when taking another swing, making sure I caught still in the lead. Now we're in the lead on three. Like that's where when you think about it afterwards, what the result was, it's like, man, that would have been a really dumb mistake. Like that's basically you might as well not go to the rope on that day if that's what you're gonna do to me. Right. What what about your header? Because I, I think he has been aggressive. Like the first steer kind of put him in a throw. Um, but that yellow steer, that shot on him is aggressive. Right. Is that something that registers like, hey, I my guy is trying to win the roping. All I need to do is get two feet. Is that something that you like realize at that point? Or is that even something you think about? Well, yeah. I mean, we like it's kind of one of them deals. Like we just kind of play off of like we're we're both trying to get this get our job done as fast as we can do it without messing up. So if he's getting it done how he's doing it that day then that that gives me the slack you know what i mean if, if we're if we're just trying to equal 100 percent, and he's going he's taking 30 that means i've got 70 to you know what i mean and then if i can get it done in 30 or 40 now we're shaving time off from the pack you know what i mean so that that's kind of how we play that deal and and what i do too is you know as this stuff's happening like i'm not i'm not scared to to live to fight another one you know what i mean like that was the third one we're we're still good even if I take another swing and we might draw the loper on the fourth one. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not afraid to, to wait it out just a minute to see if something, you know what I mean? You might not have to do anything like, like this roping. Uh, we ended up like, I think we were in the lead on three. Well then our fourth one, it felt like the fourth one was kind of like, I remember when we got out the back end, we were like, man, I can't believe we were what we were right there. Cause it felt like when he left there, like he was kind of getting away from us. Well, then he ends up, he just sets up perfectly to where I can throw fast. And we were like five, seven to where now we're high call by two seconds. Right. 
and you know, so then then when you think about how that turned out, if you do something on the third steer like I almost did, like now you're the biggest idiot at the open that day because you just did your job and then you got an opportunity to throw fast on the next one. Well, now you have what we all dream of, what doesn't happen anymore. Just literally catch the last one and you win. Right. And I think too, the the one thing about you guys' team and a lot of open teams is if you've been like let's just say you've got you guys have been like more like mid to long sixes all the way and you get to the fourth or fifth round you and you may you might be a second or two seconds behind well you can make that up in one run right you guys got a good enough run where you can be four and all of a sudden be back into it it's right. it's a really aggressive run but then also you kind of know like hey we're at the spot now where we have to make it happen right and you kind of get to that last kind of that you know your last stand or whatever that, that's kind of it's a little dramatic, I'd say, but you know what I mean. It's well, it's, yeah, and that's where, like, I think the you just being conscious of what's what's going on during. You know, what I mean, it's just it's doing your job basically. Yeah, knowing that hey, now we're down to one steer before the short round, we haven't got our chance to like we're you want to stay alive, obviously, but now it's to the point of well, it's, we might as well like we're not going to win anything anyway. It's basically no time anyway, unless you right you try to you know do as go as fast as you can basically, but um. It's a, it's such a fine line anymore because, like him and Jake at the Odessa jackpot, they win the roping from the ninth high call. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so that that's where, you know, and it doesn't happen often. I mean, but anymore, it does. Like, you'll see the sixth high call win more than they should all the time now because they go fast and somebody's four. Well, now all of a sudden, everybody after that has to be faster than they've been all day long. Yep. So you rope. You, I mean, you can rope a pretty good roping or a really good roping. And now you got to be basically it's like you feel like you're going for the short round fast time when you're high call. And so that's that's what to me like the last few years here has been the biggest adjustment or just overall like try to regroup situation to me has been like understanding that that's going to happen a lot. Like you're, you're the less. feel you get like you feel like you get an advantage like you rope the best rope and now you're high call. Now you're going for the day money. Like how do you register that and it's it's a weird feeling like you got almost you get out of the mode that you've been in all day because now it's like we have to do something we haven't even done yet today you know what i mean like you, now it's just a one hitter and it's kind of a weird feeling but that's why you almost have to like i'm just trying to be aggressive all day because of that like to where you it's not just like a shock all of a sudden when you get to the last one and you have yeah. to be five flat and you've been being six flat right and knowing, knowing when to take the risk and just right. trying to balance that all day long. Okay, so fourth steer, um, you guys are obviously ahead of the roping, right? Like, are, are right? I, I think not, there was a couple, maybe two, us and Clay and Jake, maybe, like maybe two 17s and then a couple 18s. And then it might have went to almost 20. Like, there wasn't any 19s or for some reason I remember. And do you pay attention pretty closely to like the times of what's going <clears> on at, at this point? or I do now because... Like I, I used to, I used to not like, not like I'm really roping anybody else's roping, but you need to know if like Sage Riggers goes out or Clay goes out those, those times. And now all of a sudden you're 17 and there's no 18s left and maybe only one 19. Well, now all of a sudden it's like, that kind of changes the game, you know, for you a little bit. So, uh, I do try to pay attention to that at least now Yeah, to know, cause I mean, it, it's important, right? Cause if you got a runner or something, you know, you can still just go ahead and catch and maybe you might move to third, but you're still, still all right. You know? Right. Okay. So this, 
This is fourth rounder. Steer's obviously quite a lot sharper and a little bit left. See, this run, like to me, this run, and this is what we, t- we talked about this when we got out the back end, like what's going on until his head loop goes on? Like he took four or five swings, but then from right here till the time the run was over, I felt like wasn't. That's where we made up the time. You know, we, we might have went four seconds, and then all of a sudden, especially with me getting him over the hips like that, it was only another 1.7 seconds before the run was over. Yeah. And that, that's the kind of stuff that <clears throat> I think you have to trust is even though we're going a little ways, now all of a sudden this deer checks up and hangs on the end of it. You can make up so much time by, like, if, if I don't stay where I'm at right here and I think, man, I need to get over there or try to leak in, like, this all just fed right to what I was trying to do, and it makes it to where you can shave off. I mean, you can go so much farther in B5 if you let it be patient and let it all come together than if you try to. I think trying to make something happen is the biggest sword you can cut yourself with anymore. Well, absolutely. And and the other thing too, the steer's big enough and kind of in that left lead that he, he can take, you know, as this head horse hits him, he kind of just, when he kind of hangs on it, well, he just opens him right, right up. And that's like the first one that really came out of it clean. Right. And then, and then that's also something that happens a lot jackpotting too, is the steers, you know, they've had a couple of runs on them by now. They and get better. Yeah. yeah they're, they get a little better to heel where the first few might, might've washed when the head ropes are going on. So this is, but I think this is what's kind of cool is you've got to, Clay doesn't back off at all. Like, you know, the steer's being fresh at the beginning. He doesn't try to help you, like, go slower, like you said. It's he stays kind of stay with the, what mm-hmm. you're doing. Yeah. And see, like, a deal like this, like, I don't, the other thing I think you can do wrong is, especially as a healer, is any kind of pre planning as far as like, I had no intentions of throwing there or two jumps later when I left the box. I'm just going to try to ride to my spot, heal the steer as fast as I can. But you could tell, like I knew, whenever you see my left hand, kind of, I check my heart right there. That's when I knew I'm fixing to be able to heal the steer right now. So all of a sudden, you get all the way down the arena, just how he checked right there. I checked my horse in. I knew right then, like, He's, he's, this is going to come like ideally or probably this is going to come together where I'm going to be able to heal this steer fat and not even thinking like try to make up time, just not, not thinking, Hey, don't mess up. This is where you can mess yourself up. I guess where I was going with this is if you are good on three, you get to the fourth one and you get an opportunity like this. You don't have to take another swing thinking, don't take a dumb shot. Like don't throw too fast because I'm good on three. And then basically be scared to win something. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think you can confuse throwing fast with the steer being ready to heal. Right. There, there are times where the steers are a little bit harder to heal and taking those shots are higher risk. If right. the steer is ready to be healed, to catch a Healing. steer, you have to heal them. Right. At the end of the day, that's, that's the weirdest thing. You know, when guys like track, like lower number guys that follow them, you're like, well, you were ready to throw. Like, yeah, you, you passed up what you needed to see yeah. just to try to find that again. Yeah. Well, he might hang a dewclaw and do a front flip. You know what I mean? Like I've seen that happen where they'll hang their toe and skid for a jump. And then that's when they throw and they miss when nobody would know unless you told them. But you might have already seen exactly what you needed to see. But you only had to be 10 to win the rope. And so you think, 
take another, why does that mean take another swing? You know what I mean? That's. Well, I think for me, what it goes down to is like you right here are in the moment, right? You are focused on the steer getting to to your spot. And so you've kind of, you've got enough body of work that you can kind of dictate if things happen, like we've seen, we can go another swing, but as things happen right here, head rope goes on, he's kind of checks down. That usually means the steer is going to get heavy, but he, when that happens, they usually know they're they're not like gonna wash out so that's where that comes from right right so and i I took three more swings or going into the third swing from when i knew like i was loading up to throw like i said whenever i so right there so i come around one two three more times before it happened so to me like that that means i got three just basically I was tracking him already three jumps. You know what I mean? Like that, that's where I've already got him healed. I feel like I'm already taking him across the arena. If that makes any sense. Like those last three swings, because I got matched up with him. So as long as everything kind of stays where it's at, then that right there should be your, your end result, you know? So that, that's what I was talking about. Okay. So with the coils thing, yep. Having them back here right there is blocking that from going any farther forward. So that keeps it tight to my hand, tight to the Hondu, to where everything, and you know, it's tight out there, tight there, tight there. And is this something like, you know, obviously he's got to feel quite a lot wider legged when you're healing him. Um, your target's quite a lot bigger because he's, he just is a little bigger frame steer and he's not opened up quite as much. Like it's a little bit more, uh, is that something you you'd go to with your delivery, like the same thing, or like, hey, I'm gonna just barely try to put the tip through again? Is well, or- on a steer like so, like this one right here, as it's coming together, I might have been, I was a little bit closer, so like right there, I I fed it out. Well, that's a long ways from right there, so, but that that's how, that's the that's just the feel that I do. Like right there, the reason I fed it out is because. Had I not, how the speed, the distance I am from the steer and the speed he was going, if I had made another swing with what I had, it was going to be too fast. I guess. So I, I was going to get, I was going to get around, say, like a time and a half or a time and a quarter, and that would have threw me off that much, right? So I extend out the distance because I'm going to have to wait on him just a second. Well, then, so you go into the next frame. Right here, I can see he's he's getting wider and like not going to go as far as I thought. So that's where this part comes in. So now I'm pulling back right here. I'm I'm shortening up my loop to where I can get it down faster. Yeah. So I, I knew right then, like I, I had it out to where I thought he was going. I started to start my throw and he's not moving as fast as I thought he was. So that's where I start closing it up to get it to where I need to get it to where it's balanced. Right. Because that, that's the most, like, to me, the, like, there's all kind of things I think that are personal preference or, you know, can go this way or that way. The one thing that cannot is the balance of what's going on. Because, I mean, as soon as you let go of your loop, I mean, if we grab a rope and we're standing in here holding a loop, it's a loop. As soon as you let go of it, it just drops to the ground and shuts up. So think about that happening with a steer hitting it, your reins, like your coils, everything, all these moving parts. If you don't have it, perfectly balanced and like i was talking about the 
uh, top strand, whichever way on the Hondu, keeping it that way, you're done. Right. You know, so that that's the one thing that you cannot you cannot mess with that. So this that's why this kind of stuff, like having these options and being able to do it like that, you you give yourself so much more of a chance. Like on this day right here, I would have got a leg or missed yeah. if I didn't do that. I'm coming with a, a floater or a hanger. Right. You know? and, that, it, and you need to because yeah. it's gonna be the time is gonna be on. That's where that's where the floater even comes from. People get out of time. So they try to do it with their arm with what they got, or they you see them stick their arm up or you know, whatever happens, and it just kills the like this this is the only way I've I guess what I'm trying to say is you can do it this way and keep the same power. Right. Like I'm I'm keeping the ball on the end of the string, slowing the maybe going a bigger circle, but I've as soon as I shorten it up or not, I got the same amount of heat on the end of it. Do you ever feel like your delivery, like when it's kind of right at the top, like your ropes broke over and you're you're going to the finish, there are times where like I know healing that things might like slow up or change up. And I kind of like I I hold it right there, but then sometimes I bring it down a little bit faster. Like I come out of it pretty fast. Do you feel like you speed that up at all ever, or you just come right out of that swing and and by you know, being able to add and remove slack in between your hands allows you to do that? I, I think it does something. Okay, so like right here where I'm like, this is a perfect spot for it because everybody, when you go to throw, everybody leads with their elbow, right? Yep. Okay, so what I do, I feel like sometimes it's different than some is go just to this next frame. Let is me right here that I'm, I'm still even with my tip up, up there, right? So I'll wait on it, go to the next one. So it's tight between my hands. So see right here where I'm still, I'm still kind of coming down with my elbow. My forearm's still pretty much in the same spot with my hand. So my hand was in that spot when it was here, and it's in the same spot when it's there. So basically, that's, that, that's letting the tip, like I'm letting it pull me, I'm letting it tell me like where it's at to where when it meets up, Go one more. Okay, so right there. Or go go back up one. Okay, so right there. See, it's still it's still out there, but my hand's still out here. It's still waiting on it, right? Yeah. So usually, uh, okay, so go like maybe one or two more. When it gets to the point where I'm starting to let go, so right there, my loop's open. Right? That means that I was... I'm waiting. If you pull it earlier than that, this gets on top of your top strand and you get the crisscross in the rope. Right. And to me, that's, that's when that's only for certain times, like needing to do something with your rope. Like I try to swing it and deliver it exactly like I'm holding it when I'm sitting in the box. It's just hanging there open. You have to keep it just like that. Like, I don't want it figure eight and getting crossed up. As soon as the bottom strand gets ahead of the top strand, you're done. Right. It's going back the other way. So, like, a lot of the times, like, some of these runs, like the first one, it'll look like it's just, like, a one piece of strand. Like, when it's getting to the point of where I'm throwing, it'll look like it's just, like, you are swinging, like, a ball on the string. You know what I mean? Like, you, you won't be able to see the middle of the loop. Yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> perfect like straight you know from the your hand to your tip right, right. Yep. and so that's where i just try to let and that and that's how i try to swing it too like I'll, i start it i let it 
tell me when I need to make the next move. I don't get ahead of it. I don't get behind it. And if, cause that's where, if you do, like you said, like if you get to where, if I had went from my elbow, cause like really, so now I'm straight out from my elbow right here. So think of where I started with my elbow there. If I had just kept it going, this part of my hand would already be over here. And so when you get to the point of your delivery, when your hand gets to here, it can't go any farther that way or it's going to hit your horse's neck, right? Yep. So if you go from straight from your elbow straight to there and your tip is still back here, that means it's got to go from here all the way down to the feet, basically on its own. Or, and it's not going to have enough power to do that. And that's where that wave would get there too. Like, cause it's, right. it's not, um, you're, you're adding momentum or taking away momentum when you do that in, um, in certain spots of your rope as you're swinging it. Right. And, and when that happens, when, when this part, you're in your Hondi right here, when you're done with it and there's still tip up here, not only is it not have enough heat to get around, it's going straight down to the ground. Right. You're, you've already let go because if you go any farther hanging onto it, you're, it's just going to stop on behind the feet. So now this is where it can't be balanced where when you let go of it, the Hondu is going to do nothing but go straight down your top strand. And that's when you see them, it's going to hit right there too. Yeah. You know I mean? That like, that's taking the weight, like your, your weight on your fishing line and it's just, it's going straight down. Right. And that's where it kind of like closes up or my heel shot right there is, it's like, you see that one where they take kind of that big hop and you're ahead of it and you hit them right in the ribs or it lays right to the side yep. of them. That's because your elbow gets way too far ahead of your tip in and then your you delivery. Just, you just try to blossom your hand out there and it does exactly that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad when that happens. Um, this is advanced healing right here. I, I, this is what I love about it is I, I can barely keep up. So, but I, I'm sure my Which number. I'm, and I'm trying, I mean, I'm not trying to get too far ahead, but. Well, no, I, I, the thing is with this <clears throat> all the time, like there's cookie cutter stuff that we do. And I think it's, perfect because there are some certain things in roping like we talked earlier but this is this is how you you know how you have gone about right. roping and this is how you're you know you what you're doing so short round this is why i'm such a head case <laughs> <laughs> i think this is why uh or well, think about me with three partners in this rope and this is one partner we're talking about yeah this is just one this is just six steers or five steers with one partner um right five steers this is short round yeah. right here uh obviously high call <clears throat> yeah, you, so now this is this is where we had two seconds on the team before us and they only had to be eight or something like that and they were seven. So I'm pretty sure when we went right here, we had to be some kind of nine. Right. So that's, I mean, to so, me, that's that's ideal situation. You know, we don't ever get to do that now. It doesn't seem like. So a lot of guys are afraid of that, you know, because now that you have nine, there's no... It's just literally a catch. Like you, right. you, you guys have to catch the steer. So obviously, control of the run is really key for a team to be able to win and and go in with confidence, knowing that. When's the last time you guys had uh, had to be nine in a short round that paid a ribbon that paid more than five thousand right. dollars to win first? Yeah, no, you don't ever. I mean, it doesn't happen, right? Not like anymore. Yeah, but I, I, that's what I've never really. Under, I mean, and I'm. I don't, I'm not trying to sound this in like a, in the wrong way or whatever, but I'd, I've never understood that because we're trained to catch. I've trained myself my whole life to catch. Yeah. So why would I be, that's the situation. This is the situation I dream of being in. 
for this kind of money. You know what I mean? You don't, like we were talking about it earlier, usually you got to be faster than you've been all day. Right. Like I feel like if you give me, he and I, nine seconds to go catch our high team steer, you're done every time. You know what I mean? Ideally. Like I, that's how it should be. If we I, have to be nine and we don't catch the steer, that's not good. I think every professional team should be able to do this. Right. You know, that's if they tell them to be that nine on the fifth one they've ran on their horses that day right. as a team, they're going to be nine every time. Right. And um, that's where you, like you, I've, cause I hear it all the time. Like people say that they'd much rather have to be five flat than just go catch. That doesn't make any sense to me. If you have to be five flat on this year, that doesn't give you much chance of like, everything's got to go just right. Like you can't mess up. You, you have to draw a decent one. Your odds of being five flat or nine, you have a way less chance of being five flat than you do nine. Right. You can be, I mean, just don't circle him and you can be nine. But that also means like you see people that, that doesn't mean miss the barrier 10 feet and try to bounce him off the back. And like, now you, now you're dinking yourself, (laughs) which like he, he definitely made sure he got out of the barrier, but he did just that. Right. Like he didn't see too much. He just seen a little more maybe than he had all day to where he could leave there going hard, no matter what the steer did. If he let up, he's still good. And then rode his horse right to the steer and caught him. Like didn't didn't go swing over him and now make it to where I have to throw fast or we're going to be ten. Yeah. Like we just meant we just went and made a run that we would make practicing every time. So I've I've been thinking about this a lot. I I feel like I have done one run as a header a, a majority of the time and I've gotten really comfortable with it. And it's a it's a one coil shot, two to three swings. And it's kind of on the way in as the horses are running in. And what I've found with that is it's kind of allowed a foundation for if I need to go catch, that run usually holds up, and uh, especially in short rounds in a go-catch situation. Or if I have to be nine, I can I can make that be a nine-second run really easy. I'm pretty comfortable doing that. As a healer, is there a place where you find like your position is going to be, it's going to set up where it won't, you won't get in there too soon, it won't feel late. Is there anything that you change in that, in that situation, like you're like, all right, I'm gonna make sure I keep everything out in front of me. Or what do you where do you go there as a healer? Well, I th- I think to me that's that's almost like the like what I was talking about, like them missing the start too much. Like you can you can play that too safe to where now the steer's too far out in front of you. Yeah. To where now you like you're you're having to stay with your horse and push through your delivery so much to where now you heal the steer and your horse is coming through it and you throw your loop off the feet yourself. Right. You know what I mean? So this this particular, I mean, like ideally you try to do close to the same thing, but like what it felt like, like the deal I was in this day, I felt like I just rode the same spot. Like I didn't, I didn't try to do the only the only thing I had in my head that I was that I needed to be sure of was like don't throw too fast, like make sure the steer hits, make sure he pulls the steer before I throw, just to you know, I mean, to where you don't risk like them still not being quite cleaned up or like where they'll come back from hitting out back into you and make the timing to where like that he's not holding my loop on the feet. Right. Like just be, be in my spot to where when I get that last swing over him, he's getting away and he's pulling the steer for sure. Essentially what you've done, the, the first run was a little bit funky, right? Like how the steer was going to open up right. and, um, but the rest of the steers, it's kind of like that. Pretty right? much, yeah. You're just waiting for them to open up. Take a good hop, yeah. and that's that's your shot. Yeah, just the, just basically like we talked about earlier, like seeing what I needed to see to heal the steer, whether that was the first jump, the third jump, you know, anywhere before nine, basically. Just just got to be nine. Yeah, just do what I'm training myself to do.
and see like that that right there like to me where i came in had i needed to i could have i could have let my horse come off it feel the steer and kind of created that timing on my own but the situation we're in one more swing you can kind of see it where he matches perfectly up with the steer like he kind of loads up for it and then just tell it, me when to kind of pause it when you think okay so like right here everything i mean my tips everything is lined up exactly how i want it to line up to where if i want to start throwing right now the distance i am okay so like that's the pause like where he's at right now this is the pause i talk about so me going the same speed i'm going to close this gap the next stride Right. Swing is right in the middle of his back or his flank, right where it needs to be. So, like rodeo situation or needing to go fast, I could start. This is, could be my delivery swing right now. But the situation we're in, go ahead and go one more. So I could have threw right there, but see, like he just hit out, but everything's still lined up to where the gap's closing. He's kind of loading up. Now the steer's lined out to where this is. Like wherever, okay, see, so like right there. That's what I was talking about. My loop being kind of waiting on or back it up one real quick. Let me know when uh, a little bit more. Basically, when my elbow or when my hands like an L. Okay, so right here, like my elbow. That's le my elbow's leading right. Yep. So where it's at, it's like see how far, like how much my fingers are sticking out from my bottom strand. So the tightness between here, that's, that's just that pull of I'm letting my tip lead my hand around from this point on. So like when you'll go ahead and go one more. So my, basically my elbow's where it's at. So it'll extend out from my elbow waiting. So like, see, it's a little bit closer, a little bit closed to where like right there, it's dead even. So from that point on, now I go with it. So my elbow has been in the same spot for the last three frames, right? Yep. And so that that's what I meant by it's almost like a two, almost like a two part. It doesn't, it doesn't actually go elbow out like that, like a robot or something, but the elbow, once it's done, you start it, it's done. It does extend kind of in one motion from this point on. Yeah, your elbow hits. Um, your elbow creates like the change in momentum. Right. Yeah. That's that's what bring like. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and now we're gonna bring it down. Yep. And then it's like say like landing a plane from that point on. Like that's the landing gear. Yep. Now you've sent the momentum of your rope down to the feet. Right. Now your hand is waiting on your tip, and then you're guiding your tip and yeah of your rope. And right? the and the main reason like and I've like there's been lots of times like I don't know if you ever seen me like almost going to throw and then pick it back up at the last second. Yeah. I, that's, this is why you can do that because it's like, that's in a position right there where all I got to do to take another swing is not let go. I can pick it right back up. If something like if the steer did change or say he goes from what he's doing right now to a trot and I need to feather it out there a little bit more where my top strand is at, I can just open it up. You know, I can send it farther, cut it off, do whatever you have to do if you have it lined up like it is right there right west texas open i seen you do it no uh super tuesday i seen you do it with clay you didn't catch him but it was like i was the steer like oh, washed the one, yeah, out yeah, the one that fell and, he, down. and he fell down and i was like the fact that you could hold on to your rope and then yeah. it was still pointed in the right spot i know he didn't really like come out of it clean but i was like I, when i seen that i i've i don't think i've ever seen a healer been been able to do it and keep their rope 
pointed at this at a spot where if he did like bounce out of it, you could have got it down on the ground. Right. Like, you know, so I think that's that that also makes yeah, a we lot could of sense. Get, we could I remember that I could get real advanced on that one if you want to do. Well, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure we're going to need another run. <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, but I know what you're saying like that, that and it, it's weird to me in the moment, like when it happens because, and I've, I've kind of been this way my whole life. Like if anything happens where I don't think I'm going to catch, like my hand will not open. I can't open it. Right. I might wrap myself up with it or whatever, but if, and that's where I don't get how your brain and everything works fast enough to do it is it could be anything or nothing left to do, but let go. And if anything feels wrong like it just won't you just keep swinging it just won't open you know what i mean and, it, and i've whipped them in the back like i've done everything and not <laughs> yeah yeah I and mean, I'm, I'm telling them i'm still trying to throw and i'm now all of a sudden i've got a hold of it still and don't even didn't know that you know what i mean like it just won't won't open but i think that's just comes from that waiting to that point to open your hand like it's got a right. there's there's the one spot like it's just basically like a handoff on a relay race like there that's where you got to be for relay guy to be able to get it from you yep so don't drop it before that you know kind of a feel but right okay well i'm going to move us back because we're talking about setting this run up and going the extra swing and i think one thing that's really important when you talk about them cleaning up you know your headers will this this head horse is great and your header i mean he's he's one of the best guys going and he's able to to do things but like one thing like when you talk about this shot right here like i i just see from my perspective as a header this angle, if you take him right there, it's really hard for that header to keep all that momentum throughout the face. You know, right. the, the steer's still, you know, you're still changing his momentum where he's a little bit stronger. Um, we'd miss the move just a little bit and and by design. So as he like gets a hold of him, now you can see like from this angle right yeah, here. Now he's got the lead. Now he's got the lead and he's gonna really pull him away from you. And that creates a shot where you, you're not gonna lose legs. Right. He's really in a great spot to read, right? Well, and see that, and that's something that like I think about a lot too is like when you talk about shaving off time or doing whatever, it's just like like to me that's just like catching up at the same time. Like some there's times like that right there where me taking one more swing, we're actually gonna be faster because I'm gonna be able to like if I had thrown the jump before that, like you said, he was still kind of loading up to do what he was gonna do. Well, now that's when it's the steer's got the momentum on me and I can't stop the steer. Yeah, like a bad like, dally. Yeah, like when he gets, I let, wait for him to get the momentum of pulling, and then I get past my point to where I'm loaded up to come back off the steer. Well, now when I hit him, now I'm pulling the steer back. So where he's got the momentum to face, and I'm stopping the steer, well, now all of a sudden, that shortens up the distance for both of us to end the run. Well, now you're half second faster all of a sudden than if I try to heal him faster, have to hold my slack a little bit, and then slide six inches of rope to where the head rope's loose when he faces now all of a sudden. You know what I mean? And that... To me, I think flaggers, especially if they see a loose head rope, they make sure it's tight and then they flag you. It's the worst. And so it, you go, yeah. especially at a rodeo, you might make a four, you might be four flat and you're four six now all of a sudden. Yeah. It just takes, it looks like it takes forever. And so there's, there's certain times where even knowing you need to be fast, like I'll kind of wait, like I'll take a half or wait just a second for that to kind of set up to where you can just blast the finish and then you're four flat or three nine you know i mean you might even be faster sometimes well i think that's one of the most important things that the really good teams do they have really strong finishes to the run right and they typically get their tents back as opposed to losing them right there and i think that's correct heel shots correct shot selection headers having really 
really good pressure on the steer's head and 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 a lot of control with that, right? And what's funny to me too is like there's there's times where so this the like when you think about the situation, you only have to be nine. So all of a sudden you kind of not really relax, but it's like you know you don't have to do anything stupid to be what you are. And then you end up like we were like seven four or whatever we were. Well, there there's times where when it's not feeling good, it's hard to be seven four. <laughs> like if we would have needed to be seven four on that steer, there's times where it's like, man, we're now we're eight, like we're eight flat or we're no time just because we just couldn't get it done. Where that literally felt like that was a zero percent chance of us messing up on that run. And so that that's the kind of stuff that I like to have happen like for money is because it just lets you know like how off you are sometimes. You know what I mean? Like just for your thought process, like how you're perceiving this day or your what you're doing that day, how off you can be of what the reality of it really is. You know what I mean? Like you can talk yourself into this as, as hard as it can possibly be, or you can talk yourself into relaxing and just letting it happen in front of you. And it's not that hard sometimes. Yeah. Cause that, that day wasn't easy. No, you I mean, know what I mean? But it, it could, it ended up feeling that way because of just the mindset of what I ended up being in, you know what I mean? And that, I think that, there's a lot of money that you cost yourself, you know, over time by being the other way and letting, letting just what you yourself are thinking, like lead you into stuff you shouldn't do or wouldn't normally do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you look at that? Like, let's say for example, like you might miss one taking one of those shots that might be a little bit more aggressive. Do you, how do you try to look at those, um, in a way that, that it kind of makes sense? You know, if you like, for example, if you miss one in the ropens fast and you took a shot and you know, I really can't go much further past this point. How do you, how do you try to look at that? Like the, to me, the only times that's okay is if it's towards the end. Like if, if, if you're in a situation where, okay, you got to be this to make the short round or you got to be this to place. Well then, yeah, you, you know that already. And so like when I get in those situations, like your odds are are already down. So say the the odds of you doing what you need to do are already at 40%. Well, you, they weren't that good anyway. You know what I mean? So so to me the only time I would be mad about something like that is if if I'm too slow. Like if I have to I know what I got to do and I take another swing and now I'm a half second long. Well, that was stupid. That now I didn't now I'm mad because right. I went past the point of I I ran off the cliff. You didn't even give yourself a chance. <clears throat> right. Yeah. You see the cliff and you just run off the end of it <laughs> just, anyway. Just keep yeah. going. And, 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 and that's like, essentially that's the same thing by missing those steers early in the roping is you're, you're running off the road, driving off the cliff without it, without even needing to. Like, right. Yeah. You went, you went this way when there is a cliff over here and the, but the roping is over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and, the only times I get mad, if you see me mad at a roping, it's because I did that. Right. Like I, I'll throw, I'll, I'll get ahead of myself or something like that. And think I needed to do this and throw. And then I realized, ah, like that wasn't, well, I didn't need to do that. And it's why roping is so hard too, because there's these little decisions that you got to make and they're, they're, no, it's not easy, right? right? Like these shots that we're talking about are not easy. So being able to, to make the right decisions is something that, you know, obviously you guys have a really, a really high winning percentage and been doing really well at a lot of these tough open ropens. And you've been able to do that for a long time. But there's still a lot of times where mistakes will happen, and so right. you kind of got to figure out how to ride that line of not being afraid to to miss, essentially, but right. knowing like 
win it when it's going to be pretty good. Right. And that, and to me, like that's, it's easy to sit here and like, we're in nice climate controlled and watching it on TV in the moment of all this happening. I'm having to run all the same stuff through my head and make these decisions that I'm saying I made now during this. Yeah. And I think that's where, like you're saying, like that's where it gets extremely difficult to do it all the time and be right enough to make a living doing it. It's got narrowed down to it's borderline scary a little bit. You know what I mean? Because you can make, I mean, just like yesterday, there's five teams at the jackpot. Yeah. We're 19 on three and we're in third place out of five. I, yeah, I was, I was thinking, not good. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I thought we were doing, doing well in a five team jackpot. And, uh, you know, you, you look at, and you look at the guys that are in front of you, you're like, well, they're, they're not going to, you got to, yeah, you got to make it up. We're going to have to get ahead of them somehow. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what's kind of wild about it is there's a, a big percentage of these guys that, that have all of these runs and kind of a run that stays fast enough that it doesn't matter if there's five teams or a hundred teams, it will still, it will still hold up. Yeah. All right. Last question before we, before we end this rundown, you know, you talked about that, um, all of these processing all this right in one in one run or one day and we've had we've had a, a really in-depth conversation about it but where do you think this feel comes from so like to draw it out every single day you know to be able to compete at a high level every single day and is that something that you get like with your focus with your horse, with your riding, with your mind, where do you try to create the consistency so that you can um, essentially think through these runs? And and I would say like, I, I, I always, it's such a cliche, but it's like being in the zone. It's like being in the moment, right? Like that's what that is. When you can operate like that and really pull things out, but how do you get to that that aspect consistently, you think? Well, to me, like what I've come up with was like what I call, or like say if I'm in the zone now, like what people call the zone, and I learned this one the hard way because I was not this way for a long time, is I think it's just being content with what you're doing. Like having an, having enough confidence in in your ability and what what you're trying to do to not get out of that. And not let your, cause that, cause like to me, like now that, that's what I would call like, if I'm, if I'm content with myself and I'm just at home practicing, like that's my comfort zone, right? So I'm not going to get nervous in my comfort zone. So if you can take your comfort zone to the ropens or the rodeos and not let all of a sudden what, when you get there and see these other guys doing certain things that aren't, cause, cause to me, like what, what we all don't ever think about, like we see Dustin doing what he's doing or triggers or, lightning like doing all this stuff it's still just the time though that we're like they're only they're going to be a certain time it doesn't matter what they're doing it's just the time right so yeah lightning can throw when he hits the barrier and his healer might take three swings well if he's five i just still got to be five like i don't have to think about how fast he threw or how fast or not his healer throws they're five fives winning the round no matter who it is so when i think about it like that like i'm i'm just trying to stay in the mix of the roping stay with stay in the heat you know what i mean stay with what you need to be to win something and i literally don't think about anybody else what they're doing as far as what they're doing right if that makes sense and then on top of that i don't try to do like i mean i try to do things at home like i'm trying to improve all the time still trying to get better 
But when you put your money up and you go somewhere, I'm not trying to do what Junior's doing or what he can, because I mean, just the size of people, the size of your horse, the size of your loop, size of everything. That's the reason that everybody has a different swing and does different stuff is because we're not all the same. Yeah. And so if I get there and I'm trying to do what someone else is trying to do, I'm going to mess up before it's over. You know what I mean? And I used to not be content enough with myself to get in this mindset. You know, like I, I always, like I've always kind of been like not thought, but I'm like still to this day, like I, I think I'm not good enough all the time or what I'm doing is not good enough all the time. But I also, at the same time, as long as my times are matching up, I'm okay with it. Right. So that's, that's kind of where I try to, to ride the line of, I don't, I don't let myself get unconfident if I'm winning. And, and I, and I work on all the time trying to not get that way if I'm roping good enough. Like, cause I used to, I, I take the blame. Like if my header misses, like, I think I could have done something better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's a, that's a hard road to live on because, and especially now you're always going to be pissed right. or, or thinking you're not like, I basically, I beat myself down to the point of I'm just over it. I'm not going to do that to myself no more. And the second I started doing that, cause I, cause I, what scared me the most is being an, an excuse guy. The second you let yourself get on that train, you're, you're on the train for the rest of your life. Like you'll never get off it. And so now like I'm, I'm perfectly okay with accepting if something, if it really wasn't my fault, it really wasn't my fault. And I'm, so that's where I, so I write that off. It's no big deal. If it is my fault, I need to know what it was truthfully fix it before I run the next one. You know what I mean? And, and, and I've got to where now, like I don't let the previous situation affect the next one because you can do as good a job as you can do on this year before, or the absolute worst job you can do. And it literally means nothing for the next one. Like we all have to literally ride back in the box and start over. Right. So I just take it literally one steer at a time. Like I'm on the lifetime train of one steer at a time, whether it's a jackpot rodeo, every time I go, you got to start all over and do it again. Life so, lifetime train of one steer at a time. Yeah. So if, whether it's a jackpot, if it's five head. Yeah, that jackpot's five head, but that doesn't mean I got to do the same thing on these five. Like I got to start over, ride back in the box, score this steer, rope rope the steer that's in front of me for what he is and as good as I can every time. Yeah. And so that's where I got into say the zone of that is not letting thinking okay I'm good on three. Don't mess up this fourth one. It's just another one. Right. You know what I mean? The first one of the day, basically, to me. So Yeah, and you and you like you said, it's your practice. Like right. you're you're you've created the right practice situations where you know what to focus on, know what to right. do, and that's so you know your job. Yeah. You've defined like that's literally been this whole whole thing. I was like, man, this sounds like it sounds like Belichick right here. We gotta right. do do your job, you know. And and I think that's a it's really important to understand, right? Is what your task is and then how to to focus on that um that makes a lot of sense where right and being not being so hard-headed to where you you don't think or you think i'm going to do this and this is what i'm going to do today like this is i'm going to throw right here well you shouldn't throw there if he's not ready to be roped there yeah like I, i'm i bring the all the game i got that day every time and i'm ready to make adjustments the whole day and that's that's where I that's why I don't believe in showing up with a certain game plan because 
everybody shows up with a game plan of winning, but then now all of a sudden we might have to run a trick play to get by because they've already watched us and they know they know what we're going to do. So now what are we going to do? Yeah, you know what I mean. Your first okay with that. great example of that, right? right. That was right. Yeah, that wasn't ideal for what yeah. I wanted to do on the first one that day, but that's what I needed to do. Jade, you were like thirty or forty feet away, and your the head rope was on, and you hadn't even swung your rope. Right. Like that is not and in the moment. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, like every not only is everyone else watching this run, I'm watching this run too. Yeah, like I, Clay's on his own, and then as I'm thinking that, I'm still not getting any closer to the steer, but then that's the situation I'm in. So do I just give up and think, well, I'm too far away or do I do what I need to do to make something happen to, yeah. I need to catch this year by two feet. You don't catch the first one. You're out. How do you get there? How do you catch him? Right. This is what's going on. So deal with it and just do as good as you can. And then most of the time, just like he did, like knowing the situation or the size of the arena you're in, I knew he wasn't going to be able to go straight across the arena. So I just cut across the circle. The steer is going to have to come back to me. He's going to pull him right to me. And that's where I used to do, and you see people do all the time, like just like people that when you run track and they start them like stagger start the people that looks like one guy's way ahead of the other guy. Yeah. Well, they're, they run the same distance. This guy's on the inside track. This guy's on the outside track. Well, that time I just ended up on the inside. The steer was on the outside. We, we met up over here in the turn. So once I started doing it that way, it gives you a lot more ability to be patient for like where you're headed as far as the angle like i just read the angles of what's going on and really they should never be able to get away from you read the angle i think that's really important read the angles of what's going on yeah. get out there and read the angles of what's going on yeah because like you hear all the time like you want to get 10 to 12 feet away don't have your horse's nose past the steer's tail head that means nothing yeah like that's in say the ideal situation the steer running dead straight down the arena you get a great start get to the spot you want to be immediately perfect well i wasn't even you could have fit 10 feet four times for me this year that time so stay on the inside track yeah he's on the outside track all of a sudden wait till you meet up at the turn and then it looks like you ran the same distance right but you start trying to cut across tracks or change basically you can't change the tracks so if, if there's five five lanes i just adjust to whatever lane i need to be in for where lane the steer's in yeah, and, that, and that's like where the game plan comes in is that that's the game plan is to read and adjust. Right. And and that's like what the practice is, read and adjust. You know, when we practice, we have different steers, setups are going to be different. And so that kind of allows that to come out. And if you stay in that, you can rope each steer for what he is. And uh, and then you can also create if you need to within that. Right. And and that's that's where the the real high-end stuff comes out is how much you create, how much risk you take. Um, how well, in the healing, you can, uh, like if I'm somewhere, I just make sure I know where Clay's at all the time. Because if he doesn't back in the box and nod, I can't even go. <laughs> Stay locked on your head. Right, so I, the only game plan, I can't dictate anything until he does what he's doing. So what game plan could I really have? You know yeah. what I mean? If he don't nod, I'm screwed. You're following that, dude. Yeah, so as long as he's not in the box, I'm not turned out. Like if, if I know where he's at, then I'm in good shape. So if he's headed towards the box, I'm headed towards the box. And I just kind of stay on that. I try to lock into that kind of mode all day long to where I, I'm waiting for him to do whatever he's going to do, and then I do what I need to do accordingly. Can you just quote that this exactly the next time they interview you? You know what I mean? So what was I the do plan all the time. That's, yeah, just, just I make sure I know where he's at, and I'm good. Yeah, he was riding in the box, and I'm just. Uh, That's why you can't. One guy can't fly. One guy can't drive. You got to stay together. Yeah, 
Yeah, if one of you, if he, if I make it and he don't make it, that was a wasted <laughs> trip. So either stay with him or if we both fly or both drive, I just follow him around. Yep. Team goes together. Jade, thank you. This was really fun. Um, and I think, uh, is there anything you'd like to add on, on this, this episode of the rundown? Oh man, I just, I appreciate you letting me do this. And, uh, I know my, my kid especially gets, he watches every one of these. So, uh, I think a lot of people get a lot out of this and, um, I just appreciate you guys, what you're doing. And I think it's good for the sport and I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. Thanks, man. No, it's, it's really awesome. I think, uh, where you're at with your roping, um, it's really funny before we go, like kind of my last story, I was like, I, I enjoy watching you heal. And uh, the first time we did a video shoot, you know, we're watching all the runs and I'm like, my buddy's watching them with me. And I'm like, man, there was one steer in there in particular that like ran hard and stepped right and kind of like ducked his head. And I was like, that was, a, that was a good head loop. And we've watched it probably through like two or three times. And I was like, I was kind of hoping he would say something about it. I was like, man, honestly, I hadn't even watched you head one steer. <laughs> So it's it's cool, man. I've, I'm a big fan of your healing and and just to see what you've done with it. And I and I really do appreciate someone that has put the effort into a craft like you have. And I think that's that's really unique. We don't see something like that very often. So it's it's awesome to to get to talk to you about you know your your life's work, man. It's pretty amazing. No, I appreciate it. It's it's been a journey for sure. But I mean, now looking back, now that I'm getting towards the end of it, it's. I appreciate it a lot more now than I than I did a long time ago. But uh, I used to not think it was worth it, but now I think it. You know, looking back on it, that it's now that it's over, it, it was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So I would encourage everybody that if you think you're wasting your time, you're not wasting your time. Yeah, I think we. Uh, what we're going to just do next is we got to line up. A, we got to do another podcast. We've had enough enough feedback on it. I think we should. Uh, we we ought to just dive into a podcast one of these days. So we'll we'll Sounds get the, good. we'll get that going. I'm about ready for event anyway. Awesome. Thanks again. Yep. Thank you. Uh, should I see you later? <laughs> <laughs>